Greetings, and welcome to the Net Positive Podcast. I am your host, Ted Flanagan, and for this episode, we're joined by Laurel Rothschild. She's the Vice President of Programs for the Energy Coalition, one of California's most important nonprofits in the energy space. Laurel, thank you so much for joining the Net Positive Podcast. It's great to see you here today. Great to see you as well, Ted. Thanks for inviting me. Sure. So let's let's go all the way back. Born and raised where? So I was born in Los Angeles, Van Nuys. I lived my life then in um, Riverside County and Orange County, the rest of, through my adult life so far. <laughs> now, I thought, I thought you went to Laguna Beach High School. I did. So yeah, I lived in Riverside up until um, through elementary school. And then I moved into Laguna Beach through middle school, high school, graduated as an artist in 99. In <laughs> Proud artist. Yeah. Oh, so that they were still the artists then. Yes. You know, yes, they, they, they were. They, now, they, I like how I just revealed my age in the first yeah. two minutes of this conversation. <laughs> yes. Well, I was in Laguna. I, you know, I, I lived in Laguna Beach and I was in Laguna Beach when we changed the name from the artists to the breakers. And uh, it was a really big deal there because the football team, those poor guys, you know, being an artist on a football field is not, <laughs> is not what uh, you want to be. But, but then I, Go ahead. Well, let me just say to that, because as an artist, we were the only artists in the entire nation and ESPM would actually uh, come out and record one of our games once a year because we were the only artists. So I was a bit disappointed with the name change, but that's, yeah. we can move on. <laughs> well, and Laguna is so well known for the arts. It's, it's just fantastic. And I asked yeah. my daughters who are here, whether they knew you, I, 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 I think you were there a little bit before them, but not too much, not too much further <laughs> before them. And then what did you, um, what did you think about when you were a kid? Were you always involved with the energy and environment or what was your thing when you were a little kid? I, you know, I wish I could say yes, but you know, growing up as a kid in the eighties, it, it, uh, you know, recycling was, was, was kind of the hot thing to do, but beyond that, there wasn't a lot of attention on it. And my father was an electrician. Um, so, you know, definitely got me interested in, in just, I'd say, you know, engineering, science, math, uh, those were always my passions, but I didn't really actually explore any, the idea of sustainability or, you know, environmentalism until college. I, 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 I learned a little bit more and started taking some courses on it, but really was not exposed to much before then, to be honest. Yeah. Interesting. And college was UC Santa Barbara, right? Yes. The best school there is. What a wonderful <laughs> place to go to college. <laughs> Jeez. And you were business, was it business economics or something like that? Yes. Business economics. Unfortunately, it's no longer a major, but I, you know, it was essentially the the major I selected that I thought would get me a job post-college because I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I'm always so impressed when folks, you know, grow up and they know exactly what the, what, what direction they want to go. So, yeah, I, I um, but I took some industrial economics and some game theory. I took some renewable energy courses that really got me interested in the energy side of things. Yeah. And then did you go directly to the Energy Coalition after college or we, did you have a few stops in between? <laughs> Definitely a few stops in between. I, I actually um, was <laughs> real estate, went into real estate for a, for a hot minute, um, really interested in, in, you know, it was the kind of the boom then and, and realized very quickly that I didn't want my face plastered on the side of a um, 
park bench for me personally. That wasn't the direction I wanted to go. And so I- Nothing I, against I, that, right? Nothing against the park bench. <laughs> no, no, nothing <laughs> against it at all. Um, but I, I I actually fell back into accounting temporarily because I didn't want to know what I want to do. I actually even worked for the state parks, considered becoming a parks ranger. And then um, I tempt for one day at the Energy Coalition because I, as an account, I work for an accounting temp firm, which, you know, lots of opportunity there and just was in the Laguna beach office one day, um, just for a day. And I, uh, I, you know, it's hard to say exactly what it was, but I immediately thought this is where I want to be. Great. And it was, it kind of hit me. And, and so I saw if there were any openings, they had an opening in the penny saver who remembers the penny saver. And, um, I applied to be at the front office, um, front office assistant and was was hired pretty quickly after that yeah that is so great that is great and then you I know you've been there for like 15 years so you rose up in the ranks and now you're in charge of all the energy programs right yeah 16 years if I you 16 can believe years. it yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, 16 yeah. years now and um yeah I I am now I'm overseeing all of our energy programs so vice president of energy programs but what's been so wonderful about my you know, path at the Energy Coalition is I've been able to touch everything there. So on our operation side and our program side and at every level of our programs and all of them. So I, I feel quite fortunate to have had the path um, rather than coming in, you know, where I am now from from another organization, you know, being able to grow with the organization has been just such a unique, unique experience. Yeah, that's great. Well, the organization's lucky to have you. I can say that definitively. Um, <laughs> now, if you had to dis- describe the Energy Coalition, sort of the elevator pitch, um, go ahead. Give, give a, a short description to somebody you meet in an elevator who had never even heard of the Energy Coalition. Oh, wow. Well, sh- first of all, everyone should have heard of the Energy Coalition, right? <laughs> no. But we're, a, um, you know, it's a California-based nonprofit that is really focused on, you know, supporting communities to, you know, see trans in the transformation for our energy future. A lot of things are changing quite rapidly in, in the energy world, which is exciting, but um, we're really here to help guide the way um, working with local governments, um, students. We work with young children on the education front and, and really, um, you know, being that support that's needed to, um, you know, understand what direction to go and how they can be part of the, the this change. Now, now, the old school thinking would be that utilities uh, provided all the energy efficiency incentives and sort of guidance to their consumers and would usher in distributed energy resources. Why was there this need for a, a third party or in fact, quite a few third parties in this equation? Yeah, I mean, great question. Um, yes, and and still, if you look across the nation right now, a lot of um, utilities are are the ones designing and and delivering energy programs. Uh, but I think you know, often you can maybe step back and and realize that perhaps um, there are other individuals that that may be better suited to just think about what types of programs communities really need. And so, from our experience working directly with um, organization like local governments. Local governments really have a strong understanding of what their communities need. Think about what they do and the services they provide their communities. So, um, from our perspective, there's a real natural fit for um, 
local governments and 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 other um, groups to actually present these types of programs and design them and, and implement them or run them in in the communities they serve. Yeah, and I, that's well put. And, and the um, essentially, you know, the Energy Coalition. We could talk more about the programs, but as I like to put it, wrestled money away from the utilities and said, "Hey, give us a chance. Uh, these are public funds." public benefits charge monies, or uh, these are public funds, give us a chance to see if we can't implement programs more effectively and, and, and efficiently. And that's what happened, right? I mean, you, all these partnerships, the coalition was, in fact, when I was there, we were running the very earliest partnerships. And then uh, these partnerships, which were basically, like you said, local governments and stakeholders uh, were able to get money. The PUC allowed the money to come directly from the utilities to these organizations. And the results have been dramatic, right? Yeah, I mean, it was really transformational if you think about it. And 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 Ted, you were there on the ground floor of all this, so it's it's really great to talk to you about it. But um, yeah, it was it, it was really making that case that there are an, other entities out there that um, have the ability to actually properly manage and design these these types of programs that can benefit the communities and and you know that was started in the 90s from my understanding and here we are in 2022 and it's really expanded beyond the local government partnership concept that the energy coalition really pioneered um, to now where we have um, regional energy networks which are our groupings of, of um, local government entities that are actually administering you know, these portfolios of funds, which has grown significantly. And then now CCAs also getting in, you know, sorry, community choice aggregators um, that are also in playing in this field and, 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 and seeing these energy programs as the brand for, for their own organization as well. Yeah. Now talk, let's, let's take the, each one of those sequentially, the partnerships, uh, have they ended now after a very healthy run? Um, uh, have they ended? Not exactly. They're not like how they looked when, when, you know, over their, um, probably the height and which is the early, you know, around 2010, 2012, um, you know, but really I'd say they've transformed. So we're not seeing a lot of local government partnerships as we've seen them previously. I'd see a lot of those programs and efforts have transformed and evolved into programs under the regional energy network. Um, which again, as a you know, re- these regional energy networks, the, the oversight is is actually local government. So these are local government entities that are now kind of managing the entire process. Which with the local government partnerships, there was a lot of control over local governments, but there's still oversight by the um, the utilities. So I, I'd say they've evolved. Right. Okay. So the, and then the RENs. Um... I know that the Energy Coalition was very instrumental in forming the Southern California REN. Was that the first REN? So there was two RENs um, that 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 were started in in um, you know you could say they were authorized in 2012 from the Public Utilities Commission, and that's the the Bay Area Regional Energy Network Bay REN. There is also the Southern California Regional Energy Network. So those were the two that um, that that initially started, and and they really evolved from the uh, you know, ARA funding period, um, you know, the, those are entities that had had started really um, leveraging these outside funds to design programs from the, uh, you know, what we called the Obama bucks at that time, or the EECBG, and Energy Efficiency Conservation Block Grant. I'm trying to avoid acronyms, 
Ted. It's it's hard in our industry, but it, it is. It is. Yeah, thank you. Well, and so um, you know, th- those runs started started the, the trend, and and since then we've had two additional runs that have been authorized. So if I'm a municipal gov- municipal government in Southern California, and I've got a city hall building, and I know that I need help upgrading the HVAC or something like that. Uh, in the old days, you I guess you'd go to the utility website or you call your account rep and you say, what do you got in terms of incentives? <laughs> but now that same government official would call the SoCal REN and have a consultation and figure out what incentives and services are available. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, that's a great way to put it. So um, for the SoCal REN, each REN has its own portfolio of programs. Um, the SoCal REN has several programs that are offered directly to public agencies. So that could be a city, a county, school district, K through 12, um, you know, water district. And, and so if you're, you know, someone from a city that needs this, sees an opportunity to upgrade one of their facilities, absolutely can reach out to um, the SoCal REN and, and receive a lot of, quite a large number of services at zero cost to them and help navigate the entire process. And has this been more cost effective than in terms of getting verified savings than the utility programs? Great question. Um, yeah, I would say absolutely. One key difference I've seen from the utility programs, because I, I personally have a lot of experience navigating the utility programs over the years, difference between um, those programs to what we see on the RENs is that there is a, a real incentive to support the the you know, this city all the way through the process. So rather than coming in and just saying, hey, we got this program and there's incentives, but you got to handle X, Y, and Z. We're really handholding them. So the investment made up front, we can see through to a completed project rather than, you know, a lot of audits that might be shelved and, and nothing happens with them. We're really committed to seeing that project all the way through. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I've seen has been a unique um, difference. And so in, in, in that we see more savings actually coming to fruition. That's great. Congratulations. And then you said you're the vice president of, of energy programs. So we've talked about a little bit about the partnership, a little bit about the REN. Um, you mentioned the student program that I guess is peak student energy actions is still going strong. What else is it, What else is that in your umbrella, your portfolio of programs? Um. There's quite a number. I, I will go back and say Peak actually retired, Ted. Can you believe it? Well, Peak retired. Peak retired. The name, it's evolved. I, I'm going to say evolved now for everything, yeah. but it evolved into the Energy as Everything program. So now we're called Energy as Everything. Same core concept. A lot of this, the curriculum carried over, but um, it, it, it was time to kind of open a new chapter for our education programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I will say Peak was the original. Um, energy coalition program. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, the energy is everything program is, is um, offered statewide in California. We've also mm-hmm. are still in Sweden yeah. and, um, and, and, and a couple other spots, but outside of um, that, we, we are also um, embarking on some EV education efforts um, so for, for K through 12 as well. So working on, on some cur- new curriculum there and, and really trying to, um, educate this next generation of drivers. <laughs> and, and I'll always say, I, I have, I'm, you know, I have a nine-year-old and a six-year-old daughter. I don't believe any of them, either of them will drive anything but an electric car in their life. 
Yeah. So it's 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 really great um, to see you know our, a forward movement there. And then we also have work on an advanced energy community <laughs> in a in a um, under resourced community in, in in Los Angeles. We're really focused on doing a lot of work there. Um, and I can expand on that if you like. And then we, you know, we have a, a number of other small programs we embark on that that support our or our, our other efforts. We're up in um, San Luis Obispo in North Santa Barbara County, and doing a lot of um, work with local communities, similar to what we do with the SoCal REN. Um, and we also have um, some work we're doing with Orange County Power Authority, which is a CCA in Orange County that um, just launched service in, in April. Very exciting. I'd like to say, I think they're the greenest CCA currently um, mm-hmm. in the nation. And um, we're working to help design their portfolio of programs down there. So that's that's really exciting. Good stuff. Wow. Well, congratulations on all these uh, and all these programs and the and the importance of the coalition has just continued to grow. Uh, and the importance and the impact of continued to grow. You're you're involved with this thing that's called the cake, right? Uh, <laughs> I I, I kind of go back in this biz. I remember the California Board for Energy Efficiency that was considered years ago to uh, to sort of manage all the energy efficiency programs at the utilities. Is the cake? Uh, describe that. Is that is that sort of the um, is that the sort of the guiding body that's guiding how energy efficiency programs are, are funded and delivered in California? Yeah. So CAKE is another one of our amazing acronyms. And so the California Energy Efficiency Coordinating Council um, is, is what that stands for. And, you know, it was an organization that was authorized, you know, I keep using this term authorized by the, the PUC. And they really saw, you know, it doesn't have any authority. I think it's important to highlight that. But what they really see is an opportunity for a variety of stakeholders to come together that are invested and interested in in energy efficiency across California to have this really open forum to collect feedback. And if, like you said, help kind of guide the direction. So there's recommendations that can come from this, this, the the cake, but again, they, they don't have any authority, but they have the right people at the table that are taking note and, and, and we've seen a lot um, that has come of the cake that has then developed into policy based on those conversations. And, and what's the current stuff? I mean, I would think that it's all about microgrids and energy resilience and dealing with the PSPS, the public, what is it? Public safety power shutoff events. <laughs> yeah. uh, is that, is that kind of the, the latest um, thrust in terms oh, of the conversations? Or? Oh, we'd love that, but it's still a bit siloed up in PUC land. And, and I, you know, I think there's a lot of attention on, on how to break those down and um, as best possible. But, you know, right now, the cake, as it stands, is really limited to energy efficiency and, and what happens in the energy efficiency world, which, uh, you know, can be shocking to some people to understand that there is almost a billion dollars a year an investment in energy efficiency programs in the state of California a year. So there are still, there are a lot of um, issues and and topics to discuss on energy efficiency. Uh, Where that carries on beyond energy efficiency is, is, is to be determined in the future, whether that's a similar, I believe there's interest to have similar organizations such as CAKE to see if that's a model that can carry over for, um, you know, resiliency related to microgrids and, and um, demand response. Yeah. You, you know, you mentioned the silos and that has been, dis- those, the silos have been discussed for year- decades in California. 
and the, in the inefficiency really of, of having these separate buckets of money, like you, there you are, you're going into a, a municipal building through the SoCal REN programs. And yes, you might have incentives for the chillers or this and that, but you can't really talk about solar or storage at that, and that visit. That's a separate deal, right? So there's a, there's a fundamental inefficiency there that, that I guess we're just stuck with. Well, I, I have to say a benefit of the RENs, you know, that we could have a whole podcast dedicated to the benefits of RENs, but um, in SoCal REN as an example, they have recognized that the silo is limiting. And when you're talking to a local government, no one wants to hear, wait, I, you can't talk about that with me. <laughs> we're, we're limited to this. Like I only could talk to you about lights <laughs> or whatever it might be. So um, SoCal REN has solved that by bringing in other funding. So leveraging other funding um, to supplement the SoCal REN programs. And so that other additional funding can go beyond energy efficiency. So we can sit down with, with a, that going back to that city that wants to talk about HVAC and say, hey, have you thought about electric vehicles or, or solar and storage? Um, what are your goals for this, um, for this building? And so we can now do that. Uh, you know, sometimes it's challenging and, and the funding cycles, but we, we try to deal with that on the back end. And so we can deliver what is really needed to um, provide the value needed in that community. So where, where are those funds coming from? You mentioned uh, Obama bucks and you mentioned ARA and you mentioned federal government money, but are there other sources for that? So most recently, we secured some funding to do some EV planning um, through a CEC grant. Uh, the funding for DER audits, or distributed energy resources audits, to things like solar and, and um, battery storage came from ARA funding, if you can believe that's still kicking around, um, that LA County was able to leverage. And so um, we also were able to, to launch another program and, um, that they're looking to expand through a California Department of Food and Agriculture um, mm. for small businesses. So, it, you know, really being creative and, and looking in, in, in wherever it is. And there's a lot of attention, of course, on the federal funding that might come out yeah. um, for the infrastructure bills. So, so keeping great. an eye on that. Such a, great, such a great story. Where do you think the coalition is going? Well, I, you know, the coalition, the energy coalition, we, we go by tech. We really see ourselves... Um, continuing to help guiding the communities in the right direction. And those communities can vary, but we want to be part of this transformation in what we see beyond energy efficiency and, and really looking into supporting the, the communities that need it the most. So there's a lot of excitement around our work in the advanced energy community that I mentioned earlier, AEC, um, because what we're doing there is, is putting together a whole portfolio of solutions to transform a community and understanding how they might fit into the future. So how you can have a resiliency hub, how electric vehicles maybe integrate within their system and um, how individual households have that resiliency factor, solar storage, heat pump, water heaters, all this kind of exciting technology that's evolving, but not catching on maybe as fast as some of us want, how we are able to support the communities most in need. And so I see us to continue to play that role to really you know, you can almost call them demonstration projects, Ted, and that's probably a term you remember from when, you know, early days of Energy Coalition, but how we're, we're able to just see that into action. That's really great. I call that project that advanced energy community. I always think of it as the Avocado Heights project. Yes. Well, that's where it is. That's where it is. And then I, I, I know that it also in, it includes a community solar element with working with the Clean Power Alliance, our large community choice aggregator and, um, 
And I think the community solar is going to go on the landfill there, isn't it? The nearby landfill? Yes. I Well, and, um, it's actually going, it's a community park. So perhaps it is a landfill. You actually, I, I have to confirm that. We've, we've had a couple different locations that we've been, um, we've moved around. I will say that project, as exciting as it is, it comes with a lot of challenges because a lot of the activities we're doing, um, you say something like community solar. Well, you think, oh, that's been proven everywhere. But there's been a lot of challenges in California with community solar, as fantastic as it is. And so we're working through that. Um, and and you are right, working with CPA. And I believe that would be the first community solar project with CPA once that's installed. Very exciting. Very, very exciting. What um, what about you? Let's Let's wrap up with a few softball questions. But uh, I always think of Laurel Rothschild as one of the most positive people in the world. Uh, <laughs> you've got a smile that's just uh, magnetic, and uh, I, I, I applaud you. You're, you just—it's it, nice to have people out there that are so positive. And obviously, you're obviously very proficient. So I know you got little kids, six and nine. You mentioned that. I know you have a dog. You mentioned that. Uh, you got a husband. Uh, how do you keep this all in balance? Oh, well, first of all, thank you, Ted. That's always wonderful to hear. Um, I, I love the outdoors. And um, a lot of people say that, but I get out as often as I can. I'm a runner. So um, I do a lot of running, uh, cycling, surf when I can. Um, and just going for walks with my girls and dog. Try to drag out my husband as often as possible. But that's really, you know, exercise is, is my go-to. Well, very good. It's so nice to spend this time with you and to hear about what's happened um, at tech. I have to learn how to say tech instead of the energy code. <laughs> uh, Both work. But just keep it up. We'll look forward to uh, hearing about the progress with all these programs and uh, as you go forward. Thank you so much, Ted. It's been so wonderful talking with you. I have to say, you know, it's, it's, you know, we have to sit down one day and just chat about all the history from Energy Coalition because, uh, you know, our, our transition was around the same time. So I, I look forward to chatting more with you one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was there at the early days when it was not quite as organized as you got it. <laughs> put it that way. But thank but, you for everything, Ted. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much, Laurel. Have a great day. Talk to you, you soon. Too. Thanks. Bye-bye. That's it. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of The Net Positive. We'll see you next time.